Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing. I'm a psychologist and host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. What excites me about doing these interviews with people is that they have a story to tell. Yes, most of them have found their voice and they're successful out there in the world. But guess what? They didn't start that way, right? They had all their success, I think, is built on difficult learning along the way, maybe the struggles. And to me, that gives them the right to come here and say, hey, I did it. I know you can do it. And here's how. And today I get to introduce somebody who I think is exactly what I'm talking about. Mrs. Chris Salem. Hi, Chris. Dr. Doreen, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Well, I always like to read the bio, and I may I might make some comments along the way because it's uh, pretty spectacular. You know, in reading it before the show today, I was in awe already of you. <sighs> so, Chris Salem is an accomplished CEO, business executive coach, world class speaker, corporate trainer, advisor, award-winning author, certified mindset expert, and radio show host and media personality, mentoring business leaders and organizations to scale their brands and business by raising their level of influence as trusted advisors. I think that's so important, that phrase, raising their level of influence as trusted, trusted that, that stands out to me as trusted advisors. In addition, he mentors business leaders and organizations towards solutions for enhancing corporate culture, improving workplace communications, increasing sales, oh yeah, <laughs> and increasing employee engagement for maximum production. Sure sounds like all aspects of business, Chris. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. And I want to say something about your book, uh, your book, Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, Create Prosperity, went international bestseller in 2016. He also co-authored the recent edition to Mastering the Art of Success with Jack Canfield, uh, name many of us know, right? <laughs> yes. His weekly radio shows, Sustainable Success, is part of the Voice America Influencers Channel and Business Influence. I guess it's Business Influencers with Tal Radio, right? Part Correct. of, the, yeah, part of the Touch a Life Foundation. That sounds great. I mean, hello, Mister. You are everywhere and having great influence. Speaking of uh, elevating others uh, into being trusted advisors. You, you, to me, are a trusted advisor already. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of being in groups with you and have 
listen to some of the advice you give to some of us on the network networking calls. So um, I've already been a participant <laughs> of your of your wisdom. But as I said in the intro today, we don't always get to be successful just coming out the shoot. And I'd like to at least go back as far as you can. You talk about root cause. Um, usually the root within us is something brilliant and beautiful, but then something happens and we get off track and we don't grow what is so uh, amazing inside of us. So if you could begin just by talking about some of your early challenges, I guess, or struggles around having a voice, because already it's not about I don't think it's about you not having a speaking voice. I don't think you're afraid of public speaking, but there was some other issue. So let's yeah. just watch. I mean, for me, Dr. Green, uh, for the first 30 years of my life, I was I was not knowing this consciously. I was living somebody else's values. And what I mean by that, we all have core values that we operate from, whether if we know that consciously or not. And those core values can be either your own or somebody else's. And not and you and you just don't realize it. I just knew that for almost every day of my life, up for the first thirty years, and this goes back to when I was in college to the point I was thirty. I lived most of my life each day in this fight or flight state. I was constantly anxious. I had a lot of stress. I was angry all the time, even though I could put on a smile and look like everything was fine, and I had a great work ethic, and I seemed like that. You know, I had my life together. I, it wasn't the case. Like, and I, I was just always miserable. And, and as a result of that, I didn't know how to deal with my, this, this frustration. I didn't know how to deal with this anger. I didn't know how to deal with this disconnect. And as a result of it, the only thing I knew how to deal with it to kind of, you know, just offset the way I was feeling was to escape it. And that led me down a path of 12 years of addiction. And that addiction, it, it coupled with how I felt about myself almost took me out of what I was doing successful in my business. I was always, I always had a great work ethic that it was established by my father and my mother. I was a go-getter. I was making very good money at the time working for somebody and then eventually going on my own. But then I would also in a period of time self-destruct and then have to start over and then repeat that pattern over and over and over again. And I kept, you know, and I kept getting angry at the world. Like, why is this happening? Why everything starts off really well and I build it up and then it just comes falling down. And I, you know, being a codependent, and again, this was in hindsight, being passive and aggressive in my behavior, my communication, I was pointing the finger at everyone else saying that I can't trust anybody. I can only do this myself. I can't trust people are going to live up to my expectations because they always let me down. They never follow through. And I didn't realize what I was doing to myself, that I single-handedly had a major part in my self-destruction and why things weren't working out, because I was so busy caught up in what other people weren't doing or what the world was doing to me in that, in that victim role that I played for so long. And going back to my addiction, the addiction didn't help me. I, 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 had, a, I had a very bad sexual addiction, very promiscuous I had bouts of problems with alcohol and drugs as ways to kind of remedy the, the, the anger that I felt as a byproduct of that fight or flight state that I was constantly in. And as a result of that, these are the things that really 
were taking me down a path of further self-destruction that I knew at some point what it might've taken me out of life. And not, not that I was ever suicidal or anything like that, but uh-huh. just the, my behavior and the actions I, and the situations I was putting myself into, that would have been the, the byproduct of what could have been. And it really took a, a, a life-changing moment for me. Before we go into life-changing moment, I have- All right, then I will wait there. <laughs> because I'm just- in awe again of your, um, I guess you might call it recovery, but it, the story that you've been telling so far about all those layers of emotion and the escape and some of the cycles that you went into of self-destruction. And then you said they could have taken you out. And I just, my heart just went, oh, oh, this is what happens to people. You know, they go so far down that they lose themselves. and. The escape is um, sometimes final. Ooh. But I, I wanted to just go back because you you talk about root. <laughs> so I'm going to ask about how you identified the early, because I think early, early sense of ourselves is where we get rooted in our confidence and our, and so you talked about anxiety. So there must've been some other earlier kinds of, roots that you've already identified that you might share with us? Yeah. I mean, the root cause that I ended up finding out to my anxiety, do, would you like me to talk about the life-changing thing that, that Not led yet. me down? Not uh, yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would say that the root, the, the root cause, again, in hindsight was, again, you know, my relationship with my father, you know, that I didn't, I didn't get the attention that I was looking for from him. I mean, I didn't know this at the time. I just know that that every time I would go to a ball game or I did something I thought that I would love to be, you know, that you would want your dad to be rooting for you, he wasn't there. And while other kids, their dads were there, my father wasn't. And so at the time, I, I you know, I didn't realize all this. You know, I, I just on some level just knew I was disappointed. And mm-hmm. that accumulated over time as a child into my teenage years where I became very rebellious, very angry. And then that's what led me down a path of that self-destructive behavior, you know, that I was doing slowly over a period of time in my personal life and and in business. Mm, That anger. I'm so glad you said that and identified a relationship early on in life because my listeners want to know, well, what happened? You know, that yes, you are such an amazing person now. You were then too, of course, but something, something happened. And it feels like what you're saying is the, the embracing of your sense of self as a young, young person, a young boy, going out there in sports and, you know, probably I'd imagine you're still very fit, (laughs) excelling, you know? Yeah, I'm 55. uh, But yeah, I've been working out for since I was 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then that anger that then just ate away at your sense of of self. And um, so thank you. Just another question, early roots. What about your mom? My mother was very, my mother was a great mother, always there, you know, you know, you know, played the role of also the, you know, father role at all my ball games as well. The only thing about my mom that I can look back where I developed some things that ended up working against me, because she was a wonderful mother and I hold my mother in high regard because her intentions were always good, is that my mother was a, 
a perfectionist, that everything had to be done exactly right. And when I say a perfectionist, like an ultra perfectionist. So if my homework wasn't at a certain level, she would help me do it. And so in what essence, she, without her knowing it, she pleased and enabled me. And that, you know, led me down a path of, of codependency and, you know, in developing now, not my passive side, which I got from my father, uh, but to start to develop my aggressive side that it was, you know, that I, it would never be good enough, uh-huh. you know, that no matter what expectations I set, it would never, I would never fulfill it and nobody would ever fulfill my expectations. So I was always, it was always striving for something that was impossible to fulfill. Uh, I get it. And that what the external world, what we do is introject, we take in and those voices become our own. One thing I noticed though, what you said about your mom is that she didn't come at you with the scolding finger and the, <laughs> you know, say what's wrong with you. She uh, dug right in and, and helped you. Yeah. Yeah. Her intentions were always in the right place, mm-hmm. always in the right place. But sometimes that, that, you know, we just don't realize that, that sometimes we, what we're doing may not be the right thing because it might be working against us, but not that she knew that because we only know what we know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'll be happy to share that on the back end. Yeah. That's uh, in, for our listeners in d- doing some of this internal journeying to find out more of how come they are the way they are in terms of being afraid to be more of who they can be in life. Uh, what you're showing today, I think a couple of those incidences and stories you have to tell, um, I think we'll say, hey, yeah, maybe I do need to look back. And it's not about blame. It's just about a reality, a situation that you were in. And that's uh, where you grow. And so how were you growing? (laughs) But okay, so well, we're on a journey with you, Chris, and you're having all of this um, breaking down these cycles. I guess you could have kept doing it your whole life, but something happened. What happened? Well, I mean, I, I guess I got to the point of being sick and tired of being sick and tired and, and feeling I was on this hamster wheel that I could never get off. And But really what the, the, the defining moment was for me was when my father was diagnosed at the age of 56 of lung cancer and my dad hadn't smoked in years and it just came out of nowhere. And by the time they diagnosed it, he was already stage three B going stage four, given only a year to live. And he succumbed to the disease in four months, you know, so he didn't even live the full year. The the life-changing moment for me was the day before he passed I remember being in the room with him. He was on morphine. He couldn't, obviously, he couldn't, you know, talk. But it was like when he looked over, his eyes were somewhat shut and open. But he, you know, he obviously couldn't talk. But yet he knew I was there. And he was talking to me in a different way, a a way that I, I, to this day, I can't explain, except that it's, I understood what what was being said to me, put it that way. So whatever, how you want to call it. I'll leave it in the eyes of the of the listeners or the ears of the listeners or eyes of the listeners, how they're processing this information to determine what that means to them. But it it was like he said that, you know, I just want to let you know that I it did the best I could. I always loved you, your brother and your mother. And I know it didn't come across that way. And my parents had been divorced. My dad was unfaithful. 
My brother became a heroin addict as a result of the actions of, my, you know, of the disconnect with my father. Uh, my brother's never, has never been the same. And it was like he said that, I, you know, I just want to let you know that I always loved all of you. I only could, I only could be the best, I, what I thought at the time. I, I, I only knew what I knew. And, what I, what I, and, I, and all of a sudden, something came to me and said, oh, my God, it's not that he did this intentionally. You know, he was he grew up the same way of a father that neglected him, a father that saw him as the black sheep of the family. And he only he could only do what he knew what he was capable of. We could only be what we know. And he was just repeating those same patterns with with us. Mm-hmm. And, and now not even knowing all this, the way I'm explaining it right now, it's, it's sort of like it was like a light bulb went off. And as a result of that, I began to say, my God. It's not that my father really intentionally didn't care or he put himself first and he was selfish. It was that, that, that he was just trying to f- fulfill his own lack of limiting beliefs or how he felt about himself. And he did the best he could. And then I looked at myself, you know, these things happened, but it's my responsibility, not my father, to do something to improve where I'm at right now. That's when the light bulb went off and I went from going, oh, my God, I've been a victim my whole life. And now I got to step up and say, okay, some things that were beyond my control, I didn't ask for, but they happened. But if I'm going to change my life, change my business in a positive, I got to assume responsibility. I got to change. I didn't know what I, how I was going to about do it. I didn't know what process I, I just knew in that moment. And that's what led me down this, this journey, this path of self-discovery, self-mastery that that was almost 24 years ago now, 20, well, now how old, 23, maybe 23 years ago, excuse me, mm-hmm. that led me down this path and, and how I was able to move away from my lack of confidence and self-esteem, move away from my self-limiting beliefs and just in self-destructive patterns to developing a mindset that where I shifted my thinking away from past and future thinking to being present learning to reprogram the way I think to learn what I can control versus what I can't control and learning to really develop my self-esteem and confidence. And as a result, my communication improved to myself and others. I moved away from codependent behaviors and passive and aggressive uh, communication styles of communication and behavior to be a more assertive in an interdependent way. I began to become transparent and vulnerable and admit my mistakes rather than avoid them or, or deflect them onto others. I began to really understand what my my strengths were and my weaknesses and be honest with them and honor them. I began to see how I was, you know, uh, you know, not being tr- you know transparent about the values that I was operating for. I was operating from my father's values, thinking if I did, he would recognize me. But those were my father's values, not mine. Yes. So when I found out what my values were, I began to step into my purpose. I began to kind of see myself that I don't have to be the best. I don't have to be perfect. I can be who I am and it's about progress. It's about being better than yesterday. And as a result of that, or this doesn't happen overnight or in a short period of time, this happened over a period of time. I made these shifts over time to learn how to focus on what I could control. And that was my communication to myself and others, my behavior, my attitude. So it's looking at what happened in any challenges I was going through currently is happening for me, not to me, that, that I could choose to have a positive attitude rather than the negative attitude. I began to learn how to respond rather than react to situations 
even though my primary emotions still could be anger, disappointment, I said to myself, okay, I can honor that, but I'm going to take a breath and choose to, to respond from a secondary emotion of something positive, not react to it from the negative emotion. I would do my part to try to find a solution or something within my control to, to make things better and let everything else go. And then I took massive action, daily action. So I used discipline and consistency to do things that I'd never done before. Meditation, journaling, waking up at 4 a.m. every morning, making my bed. These were routines that were foreign to me. I never did them. I did them because I used discipline. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. The, that daily routine saved my life. It got me to change my way of thinking away from the expectations tied to the outcome, operating from fear in the past and the future, to thinking in the moment, trusting the process of what I can control, letting go of what I can't, and letting the results be a byproduct of what I can do in the moment. Mm-hmm. When I shifted my thinking that way, I led from intention, not expectation. And I shifted away from codependent behavior and communication to being interdependent. And I began to impact other people around me in a positive way. I began to put up healthy boundaries to, to you know, ward off toxic people or people that would normally suck that energy away out of me when I was in the passive state or aggressive state. And because of that, those changes over time led me down a path of more sustainability in terms of my success. I began to grow healthier businesses, healthier relationships with myself and others, and begin to put boundaries and, and stay away from negativity and toxic people. And these are the things that were a game changer for me and where I'm at today and what led me uh, down a path 12 years ago to go into executive coaching, business executive coaching, including personal, to help people do the same for themselves and to create more impact in their lives and their businesses to be the example and be resourceful for the people they lead to do the same. I've written an international bestselling book in the area. I've co-authored a book with Jack Canfield in the area. I've committed my life to speaking on this subject matter at leading industry B2B and B2C events, entrepreneur events worldwide. And I have two radio shows that I speak in and around these topics, bringing in guests, of course, that speak around that as well or somewhere, you know, indirectly. And it's just something that I'm here to be the messenger and I'm just here to be the example and be a resource to help others do that for themselves. Chris, what a transformation. And in what you've just said over and over for the listeners today is around mindset and about boundaries and about the health that is possible once you get on a track. (laughs) But I think it all started when you said responsibility, taking responsibility for yourself. But one of the things I want to note is that because this is a podcast about voice and finding voice, Oh, your father said something. It was his voice, even though, you know, the words were something that vibrational energy, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I got when you were describing that moment, that magical, powerful, mystical, transformational turning point moment where the light bulb, I don't know, enlightenment, I guess happened in that moment. And Uh, Yeah, I mean, it can happen in a moment that wake up is what I think you talked about. And and I guess I just want to say it again. It was because of a voice that you heard. And it came from the very person, one of the somebody who had hmm, maybe 
thwarted in some ways un- unknowingly your um, development and um, just woke you up in that moment. And so before we're coming to an end, but what would you say about, I mean, I think you agree that there was a voice, right? That you yeah. heard. Yeah. And there's a voice even to this day for me. I, I The voice I listen to is the voice of my inner champion. I don't listen to my inner critic anymore. I listen to my inner champion. I listen to the voice that says, I am, I will, not I want or I need. I want, will and I am say I'm going to focus on what I can control versus what I can't control. If I listen to I want and need, I'm going back now into what I can't control and getting caught up in expectations. So the voice I listen to is the one that says, I love you unconditionally. I love when you make mistakes. I love when you learn from mistakes. I love you no matter what. And as long as you keep stepping up and showing up and doing things and learning and growing and being the example, that's the voice I listen to each and every day, that internal voice that I call the inner champion. Oh, thank you so much. How do people find you? Best place to reach me, you could reach out to me on my website at ChristopherSalem.com or Chris, C-H-R-I-S at ChristopherSalem.com or LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great place. I love to connect with people, get to know people, share stories like we did here. And it's all about relationships and learning and growing from that. And if we can if I can help you, point you in the right direction or refer you to somebody, happy to do so. Yeah. Chris, you are so authentic. You are so easy to be with. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Dorian, for having me. You have a wonderful show, and I love the finding your voice. It's, it's so, so important. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person Dorian interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.